Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome back to BTSC Steelers pregame draft show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Alongside me is one of the great film study guys in the entire business. His name is Coach Kevin Smith. He is back with me, KT. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We don't have a game to be talking about like we do every single week in the fall, but we've got a draft to talk about, and it feels so good. Yeah, hey, you know, the draft sometimes is easier because, uh, you know, there's no uh, – technically there's no loser, but we all get to declare winners and losers. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? I was thinking about this on, on the break. Isn't it amazing the degree of certitude uh, that people seem to have right about now? Some of the comments I've been reading on the website, some of these – some of these national pundits and analysts are talking with such certainty about, you know, they are right about who should be taken and who's going to do what. It's amazing how, how uh, uh, we get into this sort of mindset of, of the guys we love, the guys we want, anybody else's opinion is so wrong, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's really kind of like puffing out your chest the time of season. And I love it because none of these guys are going to come out and say they're wrong, but there's two that will. And it has B-A-D and K-T, because we will come out and say, okay, we thought it was going to go a different way. We're wrong, but hey, Kevin Colbert says that they have a list of 24, and we talked about it. Mike Tomlin says, I live in a vacuum. He, they don't listen to what Ian Rappaport is saying that the Steelers are going to do. I mean, these guys, the Pittsburgh guys, they can say all they want. What's going to happen? Oh, they really like, Ke we're hearing right now. Again, they really like Kyle Trask. Well, they could say that and that could be a smoke screen, but do you really know what they're going to do? If there's that much of a leak, then you need to get the CIA 
CIA in there to uh, tighten some security up because I don't think the Steelers have those kind of leaks. I don't, you know, I, and it's funny how how sources never have names at this point in the, in the year either, <laughs> you know. They're, they're always unidentified sources, you know. It sounds so clandestine. You know? So, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, last year, I mean, we all, you know, we all have guys that we like, and I know we're going to talk about this in a minute. Last year when the Steelers were picking, they didn't have their first pick till the second round. I really pushed hard for two guys. I really like Jeremy Chin. Uh, who the safety out of Southern Illinois? Oh. He went on to have a great season for uh, for Carolina. So I was pretty good with that one. But the receiver I really liked was KJ Hamler, who went to Denver, and, and you know he didn't not so much. You know, I mean he, he kind of got beat up a little bit. I think he only ended up around 30 some, 30 some catches. So you know you don't know. I mean I just I thought the Steelers needed speed at receiver. They did get speed. They also got it in a way bigger body uh, in Chase Claypool. So they made a much better choice at receiver than I would have. Um, yeah, but we, you know, we're doing our best to sort of like look at what's there and the way things fall, you just, you just don't know, you know? And I think that's where people have to kind of step back a little bit and not get so like, you know, attached to a single individual because we really don't know how things are going to play out. Dave Schofield says it every single time, every time I fall in love with a player, they end up in purple. So I don't do it anymore. Me. I was in love with a guy last year, Bradley and I, and out of Utah supposed to be a mean streak of the linebacker i don't even know what he did last year i can't even remember <laughs> what team picked him up it's just I, I don't even i didn't hear anything about him he could have had a good rookie season i'm not sure because i just didn't hear anything now there's something that i want to talk to you about and it's something that happens every single year i call it the mike mamola role where remember back in 95 where and i know you follow philadelphia a lot because of all of your buddies like like Philly. Yep. He was a guy out of Boston college. He ended up going ninth in 1995. He was a workout wonder at the combine. He turned all these heads. Next thing you know, he went from maybe being a mid round guy to a top 10 pick. And he just rose fast up the charts way at the end. You know, Mitch Trubisky is another guy that rose up the charts in the last couple of weeks of the draft. You have these guys that rise up. Does that scare you? that these uh, all of a sudden they have a shooting star at the very end. Um, I understand it. You know, um, I, you know, I've, I've been coaching for a long time and I've, I've been, I worked a lot of camps, um, you know, college camps and things like that. And you get some of these guys who, who in the, in shorts look unbelievable. They've got these physiques, man, that they, that are just outrageous and, and they, they've perfected all the cone drills and um, you know, Football in shorts, though, it's a whole lot different than football in pads. You know, we, my college coach used to used to say, you know, we got we got some guys on this team that look like Tarzan and they play like Jane. And uh, <laughs> you know, you get you get you see a lot, you see some of that at the uh, at the workout. So I can see why teams fall in love with some of these combine guys. But you know, nothing the, the tape doesn't lie, man. I, I think when you put, when you put the tape on, um, you know, that's really where you got to sink your evaluation. And then beyond that, you know, then then you can look at the the athleticism and the things that these guys display in drills, because you can, you can think to yourself, all right, well, how can we apply some of these physical gifts to our system? Um, but the, yes, the, to, to answer your question, the combine guys do kind of worry me a little bit simply because it's not real football. So let's talk about some position groups real quick, and we'll go through this real fast. You've got wide receiver and you've got quarterback. 
I'm comfortable if the Steelers don't take a quarterback whatsoever, because I kind of have a philosophy when it comes to quarterback and actually cornerback as well, that if you don't pick one in the first round and especially high in the first round, quarterback, cornerback, don't pick one at all in the first round if you're not going to go very high. Because it's we're seeing it with the quarterback right now. If the Steelers pick a quarterback at 24, probably the sixth or seventh best guy, and that's your Artie Burns. Just like Artie Burns was the sixth best corner picked in 2016, and they panicked. That's why I like best player available. Are you kind of like that in that position group? And I also mentioned wide receiver because they're deep at wide receiver. If you pick one, it's a little different with that. Pick one in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, um, unless something absurd happens, like Justin Fields falls all the way down. I saw Chris Sims did a mock draft yesterday where he had Justin Fields falling to number 32. If that happens, I, I, don't, I won't even – I won't be able to – I'll have to, like, check the calendar and make sure that, you know, I'm still in the right year or something because, I mean, it just it, – it won't make any sense. Um, but we've seen so, it. Aaron uh, Rodgers – Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, so I guess it's possible. You're right. You're, you're right. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. If, this, if Fields falls to 24, I'm all for the Steelers taking. I'm 100% in on the Steelers taking. And I know that that's not a popular opinion because people are going to be like, oh, we have all these other needs. He's going to sit behind Roethlisberger. He's also going to be the franchise quarterback for the next 12 years. And, and uh, I'm not going to get into that discussion because it's not going to happen. But I know that that opinion is not real popular. But uh, I think he's great. I think the kid is great. I think he's he's the second best quarterback in the draft. Uh, I can't understand how people are talking up the BYU kid over Justin Fields. Um, so anyway, but I don't believe no that they're gonna that that they that they need to take a quarterback or a receiver. And I don't think that any scenario is going to occur where it's going to make sense for them to grab one. If they get Justin Fields, I will be absolutely shocked because. New England's already talking about trading up to get him, but I don't think he's slipping past San Francisco. Uh, You can say Trey Lance all you want, but I really don't think uh, Fields is going to uh, get past San Francisco. I really think they like him a lot. And I would not be surprised if something happens with Zach Wilson where he falls down a little bit um, in in the next couple of days and you see maybe a Lance go to the New York Jets and San Francisco take Justin Fields, but there's no way. In fact, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call my shot right here. Oh, let's do it. I like this. Justin Fields is not getting past the New England Patriots. Oh, no, 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 no way. They're going to actually trade up to get him, but he's not going past 15. No, there's no way he's going past 15. Who's the guy on this? Can we, can we go to Vegas on this? I'm going to, I'm going to Vegas on this. Like, like I told you, I've been at Vegas for the draft. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, I'll go to Vegas with you on that. Yeah, there's. I would put the money down on that. Yeah, me too. Now, let's talk about who would be your ultimate dropper to the Steelers. We talked about Fields, and we're, all, we're already going to count that one. I've got a guy in my mind that if he drops to the Steelers, it would be a shock. But you run to the podium. You knock women and children and the week down to get to the podium. Okay. I, bef- before you save your cards and letters, I'm joking, but you know what I'm saying is you rush to the podium to oh. get there. 
That's all right. I always, I always say that, man, you know, I'll push a five-year-old over at a birthday party <laughs> to get at that birthday cake. When they break that cake out, <laughs> I mean, I'm in a, I'm running like a four, two forty to that cake, you know, <laughs> who's the guy you throw out the entire plan for? Like I call it the Rod Woodson role. When Tony Dungy said, Hey, we're not going to get Rod Woodson. Don't even bother. Yeah. And he drops to you and you just rush. Who's the guy? We, because I have any, anybody in the draft or, or a chance that he's going to drop. Yeah, let's uh, let's be realistic because we know it's not Trevor Lawrence. We know it's not. I mean, we know it's not Pitts. If it's anybody in the draft for me, it's Pitts. Pitts yeah. is it is it in range? I'm going to move heaven and earth to get that dude. He's okay, be I, I agree 100. percent And that's not the guy I was talking about because I just don't even think it's realistic. Who's your guy? Rashawn Slater. Oh yeah. Well, mine's a tackle too. Mine's Darisol, but you're right. Uh, Slater's better. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, if he dropped, I'd, I'd be with you on that. I think you take Darisaw if he's there too, but I'm taking if they're both there, I'm taking Slater. Me too. Oh, 100%. There's I only think, one... I think Darisaw could be there. I, Slater is not making it out of the top 10, I don't think. But yeah, I, I don't think, think Darisaw could drop, you know, because San, uh, uh, the Chargers at 13 seem to love him. Um, but, you know, if they went in a different direction, then, you know, you might not have another team with, a, with need until around 19 or so. So, I mean, there's a chance he could make it to 24. Elijah Vera Tucker's there. I, I'm not worried about it. I would not change my draft pick, my draft plan for him. But I, you know, I can see the the Washington football team taking him at number 19. But it's going to be very interesting. But we were talking about Rashawn Slater. I think that guy is probably, I'm taking him. This is a bold statement here. I'm taking him over Penisul. Um, I mean, I wouldn't object to that. I'm really leery about the guys that, that opted out and didn't play, uh, just, at least in their first year. You know, maybe over the maybe over the course of their career, not so much. But if you want guys to step in as rookies and play, and, um, and you know, and, and these are guys that haven't played competitive football since 2019. At, at a college level, I've got concerns about that. That's why I have serious concerns about the minors kid from Wisconsin Whitewater because he's a D three kid who didn't who didn't play in 2020. Or you know, Trey Lance. I mean, I know he played a lot of football as a freshman and sophomore, but you know, he's an FCS guy who who didn't play who played one game this past year. And teams are thinking about him as you know maybe uh, you know like stepping into their starting lineup. Maybe not as a rookie, but early on, I, I would have concerns about those kind of guys. Well, Kevin Colbert said it best, and I thought this was very glaring and very interesting, and I like how he just mapped this out. If we have two players that we think are comparable, one opted out and the other one didn't, we are going for the guy that played in 2020, bar none. Now, he said we will take a guy that opted out, but if it's really close, they're winning the faceoff. Oh yeah, I'm with I'm with him 100. percent Absolutely. So we talked about Rashawn Slater. I know he's not going to drop. I have to throw this out here. He is my second favorite Slater, next to AC Slater of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> now that guy I would take in the first round. Uh, what about Kelly Slater, the surfer? Any, any I was thinking about Kelly Slater, but I mean, <laughs> it's he's no Mario Lopez. So oh, you know, okay. I mean, fair enough. Uh, 
AC, that was that guy was that guy was great back in the day. Bayside football rules. So let's uh, let's move on. As I just get stupid here for a second, um, I did it last year. I don't know if you saw this last year. I'm not doing it this year, but I had my seven round mock draft last year, right before the draft. But I had alternate reality picks, and I picked all movie or TV guys. Uh, and in the first round, I went wide receiver Rod Tidwell from arizona state university show me the money yep i uh i picked uh, i think i picked in the late rounds stan gable from revenge of the nerds played by the great ted mcginley the the uh center uh manu manu um from necessary roughness <laughs> i picked him in the sixth round yeah it's a, shame utah, it's a shame johnny utah blew his knee out man oh yeah, been, i didn't go for one. johnny well in my alternate reality these guys are these guys are safe they're fine <laughs> That's right. yeah you know i my big pick was from fast times at ridgemont high in the second round i thought it was a steal getting charles jefferson from ridgemont high that's that's right he had a hell, <laughs> hell of a game after they wrecked his car man. oh yeah yeah i mean you do that every week you just go wreck the guy's car every week. It's okay. My dad's a plumber. He's got lots of tools. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As, as we fly off the radar, which I always do. Um, so let's get down to brass tacks, your gut check and your wish list. If you're the general manager and you have the guy that you're number one here and it can be anything, where are you going? Well, I think the Steelers are going to take Harris if he's there. I really do. I just think that they um, that the combination of need and and fit uh, that the fact that Mike Tomlin loves loves the bell cow running back that he's never been a running back by committee kind of guy. Um, I, I, if he's there at twenty four, I would be I would be surprised if they don't take him. Now again, I don't know how that's going to make people feel. There's a lot of people that are adamant about how you can't take a running back in the first round. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's this, if, if, if the Steelers are true to what you were talking about earlier, they have their board of guys. Um, you know, he's highly rated. He, I'm sure he's the number one running back on their board. So that, that's the guy that, that I'm, if I had to put money on who the Steelers are going to take, so provided that he's there at 24, he's, he's the guy. But who do, do you, you want them to take? Who do I want them to take? Well, I want to. I want a running back. You know, I mean, now I believe that that they have to solve the running back problem. Um, you know, that you can't continue to churn out one of the league's worst run games and be successful. And I know that what you know, one way to fix the run game is to improve the offensive line. That's a great argument. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a, a gr- an offensive lineman at 24 who you can plug into the starting lineup right away. Uh, you know, you can maybe Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma. Uh, but I don't know if he's such a dominant center that you take him in the first round. He would make me think about it. Dickerson, I, I, I like even better, but the injuries would scare me in the first round. I don't know if any of the tackles are going to fall. And even if the tackles do fall, I don't know. Like, I don't know if a guy like, uh, like Jenkins from Oklahoma State is going to be good enough on day one or even in year one to beat out a core foreign banner. I, I mean, you know, do, do you want to spend your number one pick on a guy who's going to be the backup tackle for at least his first year when you got the opportunity to land a back that will walk into camp and be the best running back on the team right away? If they take Najee Harris, 
or even Travis at the end, who I think is a lot better than a lot of people think. Uh, and is the guy that I really love when Matt Canada gets to roll out his whole offense, you know, not the sort of, I think we're going to see a little bit of a, you know, a 50, 50 offense this year, you know, kind of 50% Canada, 50% what Ben Roethlisberger wants. But when we get the full Canada, you know, uh, I think at the end's a great back for that offense. I think either one of those guys is immediately the best running back on the Steelers roster on day one. And, you know, I don't think that they have a lineman who's comparable. I think that they can, they can draft in the second and third rounds and get really good linemen to build that run game. I agree with everything you say there. I really can't go against it. What I want to ask you this is this. Javante Williams. I think he could be there as well. Now, a lot of people are going to say it's too early to take him at 24. But if Najee and Travis are gone, and you want that guy, and I think 19 touchdowns, that guy can do it. He's a tough physical runner. He seems like a Pittsburgh Steeler. And my thing is, why is it too early if you covet a guy? And we could say the same thing about Creed Humphrey. Why is it too early if that's the guy you covet and someone puts a grade of him at number 36 and you're at number 24 and it's the guy you want? Why not? So what do you think about Javante Williams? Uh, I mean, at 24, I think that that's a great opportunity to explore, you know, trading back and maybe getting some other picks and landing him at 29 or 32 or, you know, whatever team is willing to trade up. I don't see anybody in between 24 and 20 green Bay's at 29, right? Is that where yes. Green Bay is? Okay. I don't, I don't see anybody between 24 and 29 who'd be in the market for Williams. Um, so you might be, you might have a chance to move back there and, and get him. Uh, I think Humphrey Humphrey's going to go pretty fast. I think if you really want him, I think you got to take him at 24. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you can wait around a whole lot longer to get him. You're probably not getting past green Bay, even though green Bay likes a, a wide receiver, they would take Creed Humphrey too, because Lindsley's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I would love to know, you know, boy, man, I'd really love to peek it <laughs> at the Steelers, you know, draft board to see, where, where they are in regard to Humphrey versus Dickerson, you know, had Dickerson stayed healthy to me, he's a slam dunk first round pick because I think he's the, the, you know, for somebody, for a team that really wants to improve their running game by becoming more physical, he's the guy Humphrey's a hell of an athlete at center and a guy that I think you can probably run a lot of what Canada wants to do uh, in terms of, you know, your outside zone game and the pin and pull sweeps and getting your center out there uh, pulling and, and uh, climbing to the second level. I think you can do that with Humphrey. Uh, I'd love to know who the Steelers value more. Can you get Dickerson at 55? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, somebody's probably going to say he's too good of a player for us to not take a chance on. You know, I mean, somebody, some team is probably going to say, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that, that they'll just hope that the, that the uh, medical reports are, are okay or, or they're going to see what they want to see. You know, I mean, it just feels like he's too talented to fall, but, but you don't know. I mean, I think that the Steelers have to make a decision early in the draft as to like, all right, what's our, our philosophy on centers in this draft? Do we have to get one of the top two or can we live with a Josh Myers who you talked about earlier or a Trey Hill? I mean, are, are the Steelers high on those guys? Cause if they are, they can probably wait around. 
Um, if not, they're going to have to be more aggressive and try and go get one of those Humphrey or Dickers. Now, let me ask you this, because we're talking about the centers. We're talking about the different positions that the Steelers could go in this draft. If, if you can go ahead and take a player like Najee Harris, if he falls to you, I think that's going to be really tough for him to fall to you. I think uh, Travis Etienne is probably the guy that if you get one of those two is probably going to be the guy, but say you get Najee, do you go back to the well? If he's sitting right there, Dickerson, do you, do you pull a 1993 and go back to back from Colorado with Alabama where they went number one, Dion figures from Colorado and number two, Chad Brown from the same school. Do you just go ahead and go Alabama, Alabama? Oh, heck yeah. If, it, if it's those two, if you yep. told me we could get uh, Harrison and Dickerson, heck yeah. Who do you, who do you really like in the mid rounds here, Kevin? So, uh, I, you know, I like, um, I like Wyatt Davis, the, the guard from Ohio State, a lot. I mean, he's uh, that's Willie Davis, uh, the great Green Bay Packer Hall of Famer. It's his grandson. I think he's a heck of a player. Uh, I think there's a lot of good, a lot of good players coming out of Ohio State. Um, you know, I like uh, I like the tight end from Notre Dame, Tommy Tremble. I think he's a really physical blocker who could be a second tight end for the Steelers, um, and I think is a better receiver than. Uh, he what then he what Notre Dame had a stud freshman tight end who was kind of their move tight end who they threw the ball to a lot so they didn't throw the ball much to tremble but I think he's a better receiver than he showed in college and I think that if, if Ebron moves on after this season that uh, that tremble could become a number one guy he's um, you know I think I think he's a guy that's kind of risen up on some boards there's a receiver out of, out of Western Michigan named Dwayne Eskridge who's a, yep. a flyer man who can really really move who if the Steelers wanted to, to add a depth receiver, uh, I think that he's a, he's a guy that they could, they could take a shot at. Um, I, you know, I'm really just kind of focusing on, on, on offense right now uh, because that's what we've been talking about. There's my draft crush well, but- as well. And it's Anthony Schwartz. I don't think he's going to be there. Uh, I really don't think he's going to be there at four B at one forty. but I would love to have a guy like that, how fast he is, but I like the Eskridge idea as well. But you mentioned defense, and let's mention really quick the one guy on defense, actually the one position on defense that I think you need to look at here is corner. And I know everyone says Steelers can't draft the corner. I kind of fight with everybody that says that because the track record hasn't been great, but you have the Keenan Lewises. You have the Cam Suttons. They're not superstars, but you've gotten some good value there. Sure, you reached for Artie Burns. Sure, Cortez Allen didn't quite work out. But remember, they gave Cortez Allen a second contract. That's the thing that a lot of people forget about. And then he kind of fell apart. But so really with corner, I talked about this earlier, you kind of want to get one early. And the one guy, it seems that people are talking about with the Steelers. We had our mock live chat room draft on the hangover on Monday of draft week. And the pick came down to Greg Newsom, the second from Northwestern. Do you think that if you get an opportunity to get a Greg Newsom, you go ahead and do it? Um, I mean, if there were better options on the board on offense, I wouldn't take him in the first round. 
Okay. I think he's a very talented player. Uh, but let's say let's say at, you're sitting there at 24, and Newsom's available, but so's Humphrey and so's Harris. Uh, I would fill that need on offense first because I still I do think that there's some some decent corners uh, available later on. The guy I like, I mean, I think Newsom's a very good player. I don't mean to, I'm not slighting him at all. Uh, I just think for you know, again, for need and for who can help the Steelers right, right out of the gate. And I keep talking about out of the gate simply because they brought Roethlisberger back. And if yeah. they're bringing Roethlisberger back, then they're trying to win. You know? window so like, I mean, if they, yeah. So like if you, if they had gone, let's say that they let Roethlisberger walk and they were, and they were going to ride with Mason Rudolph and they were going to draft the quarterback, et cetera. Then I would be, you know, I'd say like, okay, let's think more best player available. Who's going to be, the better player maybe over the course of, you know, three or four years as opposed to who can help us now. But I keep kind of saying now because, you know, bringing Roethlisberger back is a now move. So so to me, Humphrey or Harris is now. Newsom is a guy who comes in, maybe plays some situational corner and then takes over, you know, down the road when Joe Hayden leaves, you know. So, like, I'm going to take the now guy. But I think in the second round, you know, if Asante Samuel's there, I love that guy. I love him, man. He is – he is talking about quick and talk about a guy who can just pure cover. And if you could get, if you could get him in round two and let him learn under Hayden for a year, cause he's got some Hayden esque kind of qualities. I think he'd be a, a, a heck of a, of a pickup. I think you do just don't take him in the first round. Don't take him at 24. Nah, nope, nope, nope. So nope. I've got two more questions for you. We're going to stick with corner here. The Caleb Farley conundrum. What's your take? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, you're probably a little better versed than I am on, on what's going on with him. So may, maybe you take the lead on this. Well, there's been back surgeries. There's uh, yeah. he seems to be dropping like a rock in this last week. In the last couple of weeks, they've been talking about the back surgeries. He was once a top 10 pick. I'm talking in March. They were talking about Caleb as a top 10 pick. Now they're, uh, now they're saying that, well, he's okay, you know, the agent, but you don't believe an agent. You never trust an agent, never trust a fart. That's my rule. And <laughs> you, you can't do it here either because, of course, he's going to talk about his guy that he's okay. Yeah. But how much stock do you put in his back surgery? Do you just do your more homework? I know one of the guys that Kevin Colbert thanked yesterday was John Norwig. Also, they they thank the head of security for the team too, John Norwig, the team doctor. Though, they have been uh, they've been on over a hundred Zoom calls. They've done their due diligence. So, I guess if they feel comfortable with picking the guy, they pick him. But all this rising and dropping is talking heads deciding whether teams are afraid of him or not. Yeah, I mean back. To- you know, back surgery makes you nervous for lots of reasons, especially for uh, a player who has to change directions the way the way that a corner does. I mean, you can't do anything without your core athletically. Um, you know, all all movement involves core movement. Um, so, I mean, if you had a if you had a medical report that made you nervous, I could understand why teams would pass. But it's kind of like the same thing with Dickerson. I mean, at some point, people are going to say the talent is just too good. Uh, for me to pass up in a certain spot. I mean, if, if 
you're right. I mean, you're right. We were looking at Farley as being, you know, like a top 10 pick. And now if he's sitting there at 24, you know, the Steelers might pull the trigger. I don't, I don't know if they will quite honestly. I wonder, I wonder if they've scouted him that much, you know, like I wonder how much they've actually spent looking at. I don't know. I mean, one of the reasons they took Rashad Mendenhall or, or one of the things that happened when they took Rashad Mendenhall was he was never expected to fall to, to them in the draft. And, and they took him because they, they thought he was the best running back on their board. And, uh, but they hadn't really scouted him a whole lot. Uh, and, I, and I wonder if that, you know, something like that in this instance with the injury would be, you know, a red flag. One last guy I want to talk about is Zaven Collins. For a while, he was number one on my wish list. And now when Vince Williams was re-signed, I'm kind of with you. There are more pressing needs right now to pick for now. I like out of the gate as well. I'm looking for a week one starter in this draft. It's probably not Zayvon Collins. I do love the idea about Zayvon Collins and, and Devin Bush Jr. in the future in the middle, because man, would that be just a fast, nasty duo. But do you feel that the Steelers just aren't going to go in that direction now because they've got more pressing needs and do you think they care that if they don't take them, they're going to be facing him twice a year with Cleveland. My only reservation with Collins is is his fit with Bush. Uh, Who's, who's the strong side backer out of those two. It's got to be Collins because he's six, four, two sixty. But when you watch him on film, I mean, he's really much better as kind of like the, the, the weak side backer where he gets to run to the ball where he gets to get into uh, passing lanes and, and shoot backside gaps when teams, you know, if, if you're zone blocking and the guard doesn't get off on, onto the backer fast enough, he's through the gap and into the back there, man. He, his instincts and his reactions are phenomenal for a guy that size. But you don't see him really much at all, like, taking on blocks. You know, you don't see him – you know, he's playing at Tulsa. So who are they playing? They're playing Houston and SMU who are in these 10 personnel spreads. They're playing Navy – who's in the triple option. I mean, you're not going to see anything, any of that in Pittsburgh. You're going to see four times a year, Baltimore and Cleveland putting big dudes on the field and hammering at, you know, at you. And you got to be able to step up and be the, be the Vince Williams, man. You got to be the guy that, that can uh, plug gaps and take on blocks and sometimes give yourself up. So the weak step backer can make plays. And I mean, that just wasn't who he was in college, which isn't to say he's not phenomenally talented. That dude is phenomenally talented. Um, I just wonder if, you know, can they can Bush and Collins together, who are both pretty similar type players, can they can that work? You know, all that said, God, I hate to see him in Cleveland. You're right about that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't I don't know how much of a how much of a calculation is that do you think for the Steelers? Do they work, do they think think about those things? Yeah. Kevin Colbert said no, they don't think about that whatsoever. They don't care who goes elsewhere, they care who they pick. So I get that. So Okay. We're going to wrap this up and we're going to ask you the Elvis Bob Goulet question. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, who is the one player that comes out of Roger Goodell's mouth? The Pittsburgh Steelers select at number 24 blank that you feel like Elvis and you take out the gun and shoot the TV screen. When I think back on all the Steelers drafts, you know, the Bur- Artie Burns pick surprised me. I, I didn't really even really know much about him at the time, uh, but I've never. They've, there's never been a pick where I just like was angry about it because I always trust that you know the Steelers that they, they know what they're doing. 
uh, they'll develop these guys. It doesn't always work out, but their their history of with number one picks is really good. Oh, you know when you phenomenal. look at the, especially yeah, especially over the last 10, 12 years, man. I mean, Burns is the one guy that washed out. You know, uh, and, but yeah, you know, I and people complain about Terrell Edmonds, but I mean, I think he's a solid player. You know, he's, they, he people would be a lot happier if we. Yeah, if, if if we took him in the second or third round, I think people would feel a lot better about him. But you can't say he's he's a bust. So I don't know if there's a single guy who I would like kind of lose it over. If they took a corner, it would make me nervous. It would make me nervous just because the the history has been sketchy, you know, and because there's more pressing needs on offense. So I mean, I guess that's my answer to the question. I'm not going to go full Elvis, but I would probably <laughs> be a little disappointed if they took a corner. Well, I'm I'm shooting at the TV screen. I don't even own a gun, but I'm shooting it out if they go with Kyle Trask in the first round. <laughs> All right, I'm with you on that. Actually, I didn't even think about a quarterback to be quite honest with you, because I was like, "There's no way they're taking a quarterback." But you're right. Uh, that is a that's an Elvis moment for sure. But you're absolutely right about the first round. And let's just have uh, I wasn't planning on doing this because we're short on time, but let's do this real quick. I'm just going to. Uh, we're going to look at the number one picks in the Kevin Colbert era. And I'm doing it off the top of my head. Cause I don't have them on the screen, but I think I've got it. Plexico Burris. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Casey Hampton. Nice. Yep. Kendall Simmons. Where are you good on player. Kendall Simmons? Yes or no. Very I good. It's pretty good. Very good player. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, played with- a superstar, but you know, a good, a good player on a really good line. Two rings played with diabetes. Not bad. Yeah. 2003, Troy Polamalu. 2004, Ben Roethlisberger. 2005, Heath Miller. 2006, 2007, Santonio Holmes. And then you've got Lawrence Timmons. 2008, not, I mean, we've talked about 2008 before in the show, Richard Mendenhall. Solid all, I mean, really solid all the way. Think about 2009, that run. Is that, the- that run- that run from 2003 to 2007, that's pretty spectacular. Yeah. And then 2008, that's not bad. Right. Y- you got five good years out of the guy. Um, and we always think about he Bill Buckner did it in the Super Bowl. We know. But no one's holding – you're a coach. No one's holding under that ball in the Super Bowl when you're getting sandwiched and A.J. Hawk and, and I think Clay Matthews are cracking you with helmets and the ball. You're not holding onto that ball the way he yeah. got hit. I think if Mendenhall had been a different, had had a different personality, people wouldn't be so hard on him. Oh yeah, and I mean the Osama bin Laden stuff. Um, yeah, you know, questioning that after that assassination. Yeah, I get it. A lot of people. I mean, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Two thousand nine is the one that I will put in the uh, in the wrong side of the ledger, and it's the first one, one of the few, Evander Ziggy Hood. Not the best pick. Even though they were picking 32nd, they won the Super Bowl the year before. Eh, not not the greatest. Ziggy Hood? Yeah. You with me yeah, on it that? It wasn't a great scheme fit. Yeah, it wasn't a great, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he just didn't have the explosiveness uh, that they need for, for their, their guys to play, um, you know, those five techs. So 11, 12, 14, 15, 17, those guys, pretty good. Because you're going, you're talking about Pouncey, you're talking Hayward, you're talking DeCastro. That's three in a row. I'm throwing out 13 because it's Jarvis Jones. So that's the second one in the loss column. 14, it's Shazier. 15, it's Dupree. 16, Artie Burns, we talked about him. He goes into the loss column. 
column 17 and 18 they're still around we're looking at tj watt terrell edmonds i'm not putting terrell edmonds in the loss column i'm i'm putting him he's not going in bush isn't going in you traded up for him we love him 20 they didn't have a number one pick but for all intents and purposes they did and it's chase claypole and we'll go ahead and count him not putting him in the loss column so all of those years, you've got three in the loss column. That's, so that's what, solid. Tw- 21 years of picks, right? And you're yeah. 18 out of 21, that's that's pretty darn good. Yeah. So in Colbert, we trust. So with that being said, dear Santa, I'm a huge Steeler fan. I've been good this year. Please bring me blank. Yours truly, KT Smith. Uh-huh. Please bring me a uh, an impact running back. Please bring us a guy, a three down running back, uh, who transform helps to transform our run our run game. Namely, put a name well, on it. It's Harris or Etienne, and I'm I'm cool with either one. I'm I'm good with either one. You know, I mean they're they're two slightly different style backs. I like Etienne a little bit better. I think it's going to be Harris. Okay. I think Who it's gonna got? be. I think it's gonna be Eddie N. I I think okay. Eddie N's uh, going second, and I think they're going to be still lucky to get one of the two. You just gotta hope the Jets go in a different direction. Uh, the Dolphins are going running back, and I think they're going Najee Harris. But we will see. Yeah. This has been a great hour. This lasted a lot longer than we thought. This was a lot of fun. This was two guys sitting down at a bar, basically talking about the Steelers draft, and I had so much fun. Thanks so much for coming in with me, Brian. Thank you, and uh, and good luck wherever you are. Don't uh, don't have the gun by just in case you know, that, <laughs> that, that Kyle Trask name comes up. You know, yeah, I I think I'm I think they're going to be okay. I I really don't expect them to disappoint me, and that's kind of what's scaring me right now because I'm going like I'm going into the date cocky. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and you never want to go into the date cocky, but I'm just feeling like they've got this. So uh, nothing out of left field. So with that being said, Kevin, hopefully we'll see you on uh, any of our extensive draft coverage. We're going to talk draft night. I'm coming on after the first round pick. So we're going to talk that night. I love it. Yes, we're going to bring uh, we're going to bring a whole lot of guys in on that show. I can't wait to hear your reaction. I hope you're happy. I hope we're all happy. I can't wait. So get ready. We're only hours away from the NFL draft. This is going to be exciting for Kevin Smith. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. We ask you to do three things and it's simple. It's be safe, be true to yourself and always be behind the steel curtain. Thank you so much. It's draft day. Can't wait. Anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. 
offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.